Jaime takes out his technological frustrations on me by threatening <laughs> by threatening to buy something and expense it. It's like a weekly thing now. Oh, oh my man. god! But have but have you seen the prices of those new MacBook Pros? Apple is insane. Oh, yeah, they are absolutely it's like insane. It's like six thousand dollars. I was like, what the. F- Hello, everybody, and welcome to the weekly brought to you by Pocket Now Next Day. Developers recorded on this day, May 23rd. That is a Thursday. We're trying to get it so that we record a little bit early. That way I can actually do the YouTube premiere on Friday. So you get that old school feel of the weekly every single Friday. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. We are back in our studios. And honestly, I feel like I brought the bad London weather back with me because it is raining in LA and it is the most depressing thing. Anybody out there who knows Angelinos, Los Angelinos, we hate it when it rains. Uh, but let's check in with our crew today we are back with our original crew um we were going to have narav gandhia on but he has a few family things going on uh so shouts out to narav hopefully we'll have you on the cast soon uh so what was going to be a four-person podcast is now three as usual we have of course jaime rivetta here uh oh you're back in your new york uh studio not pretty much if you could call this a studio (laughs) (laughs) you and i just saw each other in london it was a good time but of course we're going to talk about all the stuff that went down while we were there it was crazy that it was happening during the the honor lodge but anyways quick quick check in with you jaime how are things how was the travel back home travel was bad i was not supposed to sleep on the flight but the seat was so good (laughs) i I couldn't i couldn't avoid it (laughs) I'm gonna I'm gonna start start turning down upgrades next time. Oh, nice! <laughs> so it's gonna be uh, a little bit of jet lag on your end then, huh? I'm good. I'm good. I, I was able to sleep a good five hours last night. Mm. That helps. Also, okay. I feel like, especially on the podcast, especially when we have, I'm gonna I'm gonna turn the camera over to Jaime real quick. Take a look at the shirt he's wearing. I feel like you need to start putting links in descriptions of shirts that you're wearing because <laughs> that's so cool. <laughs> I know, I know. The Red Ranger. The Red Ranger in an (laughs) X-Wing. Well, practically. In an X-Wing. Yeah, Yeah. that's so cool. The thing is, I can't... There are certain shirts that I can use for the daily because of the green screen. So these are the shirts that I use on the podcast. (laughs) That'd be hilarious if you had, like, elements popping up on your screen, on your shirt. So it's hilarious because one of my favorite YouTube channels is Watch Mojo. Mm. And the day that they select to to select us is one of the best tech channels. And thank you, Watch Mojo, for that. Uh, they use a file where I am having I'm using a shirt that had green, and you can see everything transparent behind me. It was hilarious. <laughs> nice. That's awesome. All right, let's pop it over to Brandon Miniman, who is back once again. Um, so, how are uh, oh, you? Have been witness to a couple of things going on over the last couple of weeks. So, your perspective is going to be really fun to get. But I just want to check in with you first before we get started. Yeah, it's been a while, and I'm in one of these offices. It's super green, and so the all of the light switches are on like a timer that shut off every like interval. And if it has a motion sensor built into the light switch, so I can like wave my hands at it, mm-hmm. but I'm slightly out of like its line of sight. So. At some point, the light's going to turn off, and I'm going to have to get up and turn it back on. Get rid of get rid of that light when I'm there. If that's going to be the studio, get rid of that light. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that'll be um, a funny daily. Yeah, exactly. Uh, okay, so 
Brandon, let's go ahead and start off with you for this week's show because um, since the two of you were not on last week, which was basically our big OnePlus 7 Pro extravaganza, uh, we had uh, TK Bay and David Amell on last week, and we had a lot of differing opinions about uh, just, just sort of opinions over the phone itself. I came in with the hot take that the phone is too big. It's I just think it's too big, and I'm, I want to start off with that. Brandon, some thoughts from you starting about design. You can talk about whatever you like. Jaime's already got his uh, – oh, you got the T-Mobile one. I forgot about that. <laughs> yes, and I wanted this color so badly, and I have it. Yeah. All right, so let's start off with you, Brandon, um, since we haven't heard from you in a bit. And I know you were really excited to talk about the phone when we were not allowed to talk about the phone, which is why I want to start with you. Yeah, I've got the um, the, the the blue, and uh, like, can we just admire how this blue is actually a matte blue? Like, like. They don't even, you know, OnePlus doesn't even talk about how it's a matte blue, but it is. And that's just a, it's a gangster color. <laughs> but, but I will agree with you, Josh, that it's too big. And I think something that nobody is really talking about is that the OnePlus 7 is a heck of a sleeper phone that has more upgrades than most people realize. Mm. It's got, yeah. it's got dual stereo speakers, which we've been asking on, asking for, for a very long time for OnePlus phones. Of course, the 7 Pro has it, but now the 7 has it. It's got the upgraded Sony 48 megapixel camera plus some other improved optics and it's got ufs3 storage and snapdragon 855 so for the oneplus 6t fans the people that like you know that oneplus experience at a slightly smaller form factor the oneplus 7 is where it's at the 7 pro is amazing it's it's like it's like a bentley you know it's got Mm -hmm. everything it's just so beautiful it's so fast it's so sexy but like from a practical standpoint from a from a utilitarian standpoint, in my opinion, it's a little too much. It's a little too fragile. It's a little too big, and I can't wait for the OnePlus Seven regular. Am I am I the only person that didn't like the OnePlus Six T? Yes, I did not like the Six T. I was I was so disappointed when it launched. Even because the McLaren? I love the one because I love the OnePlus Six. That was my problem. Oh, okay, but what about the my McLaren edition? Is, That's the one that so I adored. Thing. So. So here's the thing: the 6T is thinner, significantly thinner than the six. The, sorry, the six is significantly thinner than the 6T. And so, if they brought the display of the 6T on the six, gave me that fingerprint scanner at the back of the front, I don't care. I just, I, I would be even willing to put up with a smaller battery if they gave me that phone because I felt that that was the easier phone to handle. Yeah, that's true. Um, that was the easier phone to handle. Like right now, for example, I'm working on a comparison with the S10 Plus. Dude, you like you'd be shocked at how much larger the 6T is compared to even the S10 Plus, which is already the size of an iPhone 10s Max. Mm. Think about it. The S10 Plus is the exact same size as a 10s Max. So imagine the 6 the 7 Pro is larger than both of these phones. Yeah. So I, have to, I do agree with you. It's a curved phone that's large. It's a little bit difficult to handle. I wish that the gestures were a bit different. Oh, the gesture. So you're talking about the um, how you can go back. On screen. Yeah, so you can go backwards yeah. from the bottom. But you have to stuff. reach all the way. Yeah, we have to reach all the way to the oh, left. Oh, my goodness. That, it, it can get pretty bad. Um, the uh, the thing that gets me is, okay, so obviously I have my OnePlus 7 Pro here. Um, I've been using this in conjunction with the Pixel 3a. Those have been my two daily drivers, and Ooh. my final reviews on them are going to be coming out fairly soon. But the thing that strikes me, this is, this is the number one example of why usability is underrated in flagship phones. To be able to wake up in the morning and comfortably 
I want to use the word comfortably, swipe type to you two, to anybody on WhatsApp or any of those other messaging applications without fear of dropping the phone while brushing my teeth. <laughs> like that just doesn't happen on the OnePlus 7 Pro. I could drink tea in one hand and then swipe type easy right here. Smaller phones are incredibly underrated and I'm so glad we finally have one that's actually like showing us that yeah. again. Um, I have the Pixel 3a here too. I love go. It. Oh, I want that case. That case looks really good. Oh, we can swap. Yeah. The uh, That's the felt one on the back, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, this color in particular is really yeah. nice. Uh, okay, so speaking of uh, speaking of device, like other devices that we have, I do have one thing I want to say. I'm not going to talk about it at length. I'm just going to let everybody know that right now I'm going to go ahead and unbox this. Uh, this is the Oppo Reno. Uh, this is the 10, this is the 10x zoom version, by the way. This is the one everyone's clamoring for. So I'm going to go ahead and unbox this while I ask our two other hosts today. Um, so... Other hot takes on the OnePlus 7 Pro. Screen is great, 90, 90 hertz refresh rate. Games may not be supporting 90 hertz a whole lot uh, yet. So there are some that do, some that don't. Um, but the hot take that I want to put out there is I want to hear what you guys actually thought about the camera because I, it is the most conflicting part of this phone for me. I actually personally would not use this phone as a daily vlogging slash photography phone. Um, if I do, I'm keeping that phone at 1x. That's what I was going to say. Um so some thoughts from you guys about the cameras on the OnePlus 7 Pro. I was going to say, Josh, um, one, I, I am a heavy swipe user like you, and um, something that has made a huge difference for me, and I noticed you're using your phone naked, but if you use a case, it just helps tremendously with the grip. And I know you're probably muted right now as you unbox with the... Um, oh, no, I'm still here. The, like, I'm okay, cool. I'm, okay, I'm okay with cases... Uh, on the phone and it kind of helps but it's not necessarily the grip of the phone it's the fact that i'm reaching all the way over if i'm starting a word if i have a word starting with the letter a i'm screwed <laughs> like i can't i can't get all the way over there that's just well and you know what we've already created the joke two weeks ago that okay maybe josh has small hands you know what fine i probably do but whatever it's still it still changes usability for me. no dude i i have large hands and i have a problem reaching reaching the phone. <laughs> don't get me wrong. It's it's not a bad thing. It's just I'm, there, there's a reason why one of my favorite phones as a form factor, not functionality, is the iPhone XS, not the XS yeah, Max. I'm so, I'm so Brandon, regretful you, that you I got had the, the XS. I've been saying that a lot lately. <laughs> Brandon, you got the XS Max and you didn't like it. You sent it back and you ended up getting the XS because, you know, it's literally the same phone, only that's it's easy to handle. Yeah, the XS is where it's at. I mean, it's just like, it's a great one-handed phone, which is crazy to say for a phone that has such a large screen, like if you go back a few years, what is it like six, six point? Is it five point eight? Six point five point eight. Which is which is actually relatively large still, and yet the proportions just make it like it's a really good one-handed phone. It really is. Yeah, it it is a really good one-handed phone. The same thing I feel about the Pixel Three A. I am this close to reaching out to Google and asking them to send me the Pixel Three, and I can send back send back my Three XL. Mm. I don't mind. I think that the Pixel 3 is where it's at. You have the Pixel 3, Brandon, and you did the same thing. You got the 3XL, and then you sent it back as well. I, I still have both, but the Pixel 3 is amazing for one-handed use. You can maybe borrow it when you come next week. Maybe. I, let's do that. Let's do that. I, no, what do you mean, maybe? You're going to do that. No, I, I really, really like... It's not that I like small phones. Like There are benefits to large phones. Don't get me wrong. But when companies are as power efficient as OnePlus, because that's just the way it is, their phones are really, really good when it comes to power efficiency. 
I wonder why this phone is so large. Is there a purpose for it being this large? Is the it's question. OnePlus is slowly wading into tablet territory. <laughs> that's that's really what it is. Because <laughs> yeah, right. uh, honestly, if the if the screen oh I almost picked up the Reno. Um, if the screen wasn't curved here on the sides, it would basically be a six point five inch mm-hmm. tablet. <laughs> So yeah. that's the thing. Um, oh, yeah. so coming back to the, the, by the way, real quick, just Oppo Reno. Look at this like sort of backless dress type case that, that they give with the Oppo Reno. Whoa. Oh, that's saucy. Weird. I like that. Um, okay. So uh, any thoughts on cameras? Because that was what I had originally asked. Um, wide angle zoom, uh, that Sony IMX 48 megapixel sensor, which obviously is a great performer. I think it's a good sensor. I think the rest of the camera is not as good as it should be personally. But thoughts from you. Uh, you, you're asking who particularly, because I lost you there oh, for did a second. You? Um, I'm, uh, let's start with Brandon then. Yeah. Uh, let's let's see what Brandon says about, uh, you were so excited about the OnePlus 7 Pro. Did the cameras live up to that hype of yours? Yeah, you know, I'm going to say something that you guys are going to disagree with. Um, I, I really like the cameras on the 7 Pro. Um, a lot of the time, you know, I've spent so much time taking pictures, and a lot of the time when you really get into like 100% crop, they're, they're soft, but like, if I take the same shots with like an S10 Plus, in my opinion, they're even softer. I think that the camera on the 7 Pro and the 6T, because there are similarities, is better. I, I think the 7 Pro is a fantastic camera. Uh, it's obviously not good as a Pixel, but I, I think that they're fantastic. If I think... Mm-hmm. Go, go for ahead. it, sorry. Yeah, I was just going to say, they're, they're a little soft at times, and the video focus isn't that great. But Jaime, you know more about cameras. What do you think? Uh, okay, so I like the wide angle on the 7 Pro more than I do on the Galaxy. The, again, I'm working on a video. Wait, why? Uh, there why? is less Hold barrel. On, why? There is signif- there, there is significantly less barrel distortion. Significantly yeah, less. Yeah, but the, the but the edges are you so can... soft. Like the the photos are so soft. There's no detail in this wide angle. And well, you can't no, use it in I'm video. I'm not saying so, so okay, so here's the thing. Again, we're talking about photos okay. right now. Um I it's just wow it's we're gonna move into Huawei territory very soon. <laughs> the problem is once you use something like the P30 Pro or the Mate 20 Pro, it's really hard to grab any other phone uh, and be like, yeah, this camera's good. It's very hard. Mm. I have to agree with you, Brandon. I mean, the photos on the S10 Plus are good. Um, I like the dynamic range. I find that, like, I don't really find much of a difference with the OnePlus 7 Pro. Uh, I just find less barrel distortion on the 7 Pro. I don't know if it's a thing about your unit because I don't notice much darkness. It's just, uh, let's, we're going to move into Huawei territory soon, and, and that's where everything gets spoiled. Like, if you've never tried a P30 Pro or a Mate 20 Pro, you guys are fine. You guys don't know any better. But once you do, it's <laughs> like, oh, God. It's like, ee. all right, fine. Let's move on. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> I don't know. I just, I just personally was really disappointed by it because I, you know me. I always look for wide angles on my phones. I love wide angle lenses. I Same. think that they, uh, especially when it comes to video, they're really awesome for uh, just getting as much in the frame as possible. Because a lot of the times, the focal lengths for lenses on smartphones tend to be just a little bit too narrow, especially on the front-facing camera, which is another disappointment of mine because it is a very tight frame, and there's nothing that yeah. I can do to fix that because it's a pop-up camera, so I can't clip my moment lenses on there or my Sirui lenses on. There. So it's it's doubly a problem, and I get it. The uh, the pop up camera, and the same thing will go for this. By the way, I just took the plastic off of it. Um, so 
The same goes for this, that shark fin or whatever they want to call it, uh, pop-up. I can't put a clip-on lens on that either. So, like, that's it's kind of a pitfall when it comes to these. So, um, I would say, companies, if you're going to go to uh, hiding your front-facing cameras, please make them a little bit wider, please. That's all I ask. Um, but as far as the wide angle is concerned on the main camera of the OnePlus 7 Pro, I just think it's, it's a soft camera. Um, there is, I still think there's enough distortion on the sides to bother me, but that wouldn't bother me so much if the picture was sharp, and it is just not. Um, so that's my, my main issue, along with the fact that you can't use it on uh, in video mode. Uh, the, the, the zoom is fine. I kind of get it. I get it that zoom lenses on all of these phones are usually there for portrait mode, so I can give that a pass usually. Um, and the 3X, I actually think 3X is a perfect focal length. I think that 2X is mostly useless, 5 to 10x zoom for something like this that has applications, but it's not the most practical thing to use. 3, not bad. I actually think 3x is not bad from a practical standpoint. Um, okay, so let me see here. What else can we... Oh, yeah, just some thoughts real quick. Uh, on the uh, OnePlus 7 Pro, the price, uh, that's the thing. Because we had very spirited conversations back in New York about whether or not the price actually... Um, actually adhered to not only the whole well i mean oneplus doesn't really use the flagship killer motto anymore it's always never settle but 669 dollars 699 up to 799 for the most spec'd out versions any thoughts from you about if the price actually meets uh what this phone provides i feel it does i there's nothing to complain about when it comes to the price tag it is still a, a an entry level oneplus 7 pro is still at the price tag of an iPhone five years ago. Mm-hmm. Five years ago. And it wasn't like th- that iPhone back then was, what, 32 gigs of storage, not expandable? I mean, there's simply no room for comparison. It's very difficult. I just, the, the problem with the price tag is the timing. Um, the timing of the launch is at the time when you can get a Galaxy S10 Plus for like very little money. S10 Plus but or S10e? Is that which one? Are you? S10, S10 Plus. Oh, I mean, you, you, like right now you could get a dual SIM S10 Plus for $700 on eBay. Oh, I didn't know that. Right now. Yeah. And so, but here's the thing. If you wanted to get a 12 gigabytes of RAM, 256 gigs of storage Galaxy S10, you're looking at the ceramic variant, which is 1400 bucks. So I don't, I don't think that the price tag is bad. I, I feel that you're getting a ton of value for that amount of money. Okay. Brandon? Uh, I think it's incredibly obvious. Uh, I do think that the closest competitor to this phone is the um, S10 Plus. Yeah. And even even though they've come down in price, even if they're like in the mid 700s, you know, the um, the 8 gig of RAM version, which is what I would probably get, I think 12, I don't think we really see a performance difference, is 699 It's less expensive and, in my opinion, it's superior in every way. I much rather live with this phone than an S10 Plus. So I think the price is fantastic. And to be able to get into this phone at 669 that's great. I mean, it's yeah. just, I think it's really great pricing. It's not like old OnePlus pricing that was like, I can't believe they did that. But it's like the value prop is just like, I think, very obvious and very good. Yeah, I'm, I have to say, I think I'm somewhere in the middle uh, because... Again, it's just it's just the cameras didn't really do it for me. Like I still think that the Sony IMX 48 megapixel sensor is amazing. So if you stick with that one, you're going to have an amazing time. Even with video, it's very sharp video. It's very uh, it's very beautiful looking video. Had plenty of uh, some of the fellas had plenty of examples of good looking video from Google I/O, 
And yeah, using just the one X, if you keep it on one X, you're gonna have a great, great time. As far as everything else is concerned, about 650, 669 for performance, a great gaming mode, a great display, uh, good audio. I'm not gonna say it's amazing audio, but oh, this is the other thing. The box did not come with a headphone adapter, right? No, it doesn't come with it. That's weird. I, I don't know why that's the case, unless they're looking to bundle the Bullets Wireless, which I'm using and I adore. But which, but but if you think about it, I mean, I did I did that you know declaration in my hands-on video. I mean, if you're getting a, a six sixty nine One Plus Seven Pro with a hundred dollars on the Bullets Wireless Two, you're still paying less money than a lot of phones out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is that so don't even come with headphones in the box. Yeah, you know. Speaking of headphones, there is actually a kind of cool-looking pair in this Oparino box. These look like bullets, but they're green because... Oh, no, never mind. They don't look like bullets. They have different... They have a different... Uh, redact. Redact. Not bullets. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So moving from the OnePlus 7 Pro, we do have another phone that we uh, can talk about. Actually, only really Jaime can talk about because he's the only one who's actually holding one. Um, unfortunately, because... Which I, which I have to send it back. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Um, so we were all, I was actually quite excited for this because I have always been a fan of what Honor does. They put out good price points for phones that have really good specifications generally. Uh, back in the day, Honor used to like dominate Amazon with like the 7X and the... Did they have the 8X on? I know the 7X was on Amazon for sure. And I know people who actually bought it there because it was at the top of the list of like smartphone lists on Amazon. Uh, because it was like $400 for some pretty good specifications and like dual cameras on the back, back when dual cameras were starting to become a thing. In any case, what we have now is the Honor 20 and the Honor 20 Pro, the Honor 20 series, if you're looking for the hashtag. That is what uh, Jaime and I were in London for, and we were only there for a few days. Unfortunately, because of news we'll talk about later, we were unable to walk away with final retail review units. Um, Technically because, and again, I'm alluding to what we're going to talk about later, they are actually not fully final. Um, in any case, as far as the uh, phone is concerned, another phone with the Sony 48 megapixel IMX sensor. We have a 6.26 inch all view display. Uh, the, yeah, 6.2. Yeah, 6.2. Uh, Kirin 980, uh, good performance in there. GPU Turbo 3.0. Uh, so if you're a gamer, this phone will uh, will support you in a number of different games. I think it's up to like 40 different games that it supports right now um, to actually boost everything. Um, but yeah, the uh, the phone itself, kind of an exciting device. Jaime has had the most time with it. So I was, um, I, I know Jaime, you might be having some spotty connect- connection right now, but uh, how, uh, how has the Honor 20 been treating you over the last couple of weeks i can't say man i i wish i could say that i've tried it enough it's just we were all supposed to return it they they were going to provide review units right at the show they did not up uh, i don't i don't think i think we should actually start with the huawei topic before this topic because obviously so. honor is being affected honor is part of the i think it's one of 68 companies in the huawei group and it's the whole huawei group that's getting banned okay and so I feel bad because, you know, Honor is trying to get, give us a good one-handed phone, a good alternative in cameras, and uh, I don't know, man. I don't know what to tell you. I, I feel bad. I haven't been able to use it much because, again, I mean, what is going to be the future of this phone? There's so much uncertainty. Yeah, that's true. And you know what? I think I, th- I think we can go ahead and do that then. I, we can definitely start with the, uh, the Huawei stuff because I wanted to keep it on device talk, and then I figured we would have a lot to say about like the the different aspects to this ban that is happening right now. Uh, but I also do realize that, Brandon, you're going to have to duck out in about 15 minutes. Um, 
But yeah, we can definitely uh, talk about that. Brandon, since you do have to duck out in a little bit, I actually want to, let's go ahead and ask you about this whole Huawei ban and all of that stuff. So obviously last week, uh, we don't have to recount too much of the details, but basically uh, the U.S. Uh, just basically put Huawei on the list of companies that U.S. Uh, companies should not be working with. And subsequently, what happened is that Google, in compliance with this executive order, had to pull the licenses for Huawei devices. And Huawei Group is the uh, is the company that they put on the list, which includes people like Honor. Um, so right now, there's a lot of uncertainty over whether or not these phones, especially moving forward, or even current phones, are going to remain with Google Play services. Um, coming from, I mean, we were in London, Jaime and I were, while this whole ban was happening, we all had our reactions to it. Brandon, I want to hear what you think. Yeah, uh, before I talk about Huawei, I just want to mention something. Um, I had a, an Honor 20 Pro pass through this office this morning for a very brief period of time. And I took it out of the box, of course, to play with it a bit. It was the it was the black version, which of course is like this beautiful, stunning dark purple <laughs> with a black black reading. It's amazing. And I was playing with this phone, and I'm like, "Damn, this feels like this reminds me so much of a P30 Pro, but it's significantly less expensive." Um, and it's just it's sad that um, I I don't I don't know I don't know this for certain, but I just get the feeling. That because of the political situation, it's possible that the that the um, Honor 20 and Honor 20 Pro and Honor 20 Lite will be either at worst discontinued or not at worst be put off indefinitely. Um, that's just a feeling I get. I haven't heard anything, but that's just a feeling I get. And it's sad because it's such a good phone from what I've seen. Um, the Huawei situation really bums me out because one of the reasons 2019 is shaping up to be such a cool phone year is because you have a strong Samsung, a strong Apple, a strong Huawei, strong Oppo, Xiaomi's doing big things. There's so much competition. You know, Samsung comes out with a folding phone. So what does Huawei do? They spend a lot of R&D dollars and time making a similar device that does it in a different way. And competition's amazing. So if, if Huawei can't be Huawei because they have their licenses pulled from Google, for the Android operating system, and if United States companies are not allowed to do business with Huawei, and we can't sell Huawei devices here, it's just really unfortunate for the consumer. And I'm really bummed because it was going to be a good year in phones, and I think now there's a slightly less chance that that's going to be. Now I'm going to add I'm going to add another layer to all of this, but Jaime, you can respond to uh, what Brandon just said, mostly about because I, I, what I notice about a lot of our tech friends is that we focus on the devices, we focus on device. Uh, news. We focus on the releases that are happening this year, but there's obviously a lot more to this whole thing, right? Um, I'm going to put in the whole uh, layer of 5G. Like all of the main news outlets are talking about 5G as the reason why all of these bans are happening because Huawei actually creates a lot of infrastructure that will lead to 5G becoming a realization. Obviously, we know people from Qualcomm who uh, and Qualcomm are always uh, uh, working on 5G. They are all about that 5G right now. Um, but basically, it's like a. I was watching Trevor Noah the other day, and um, he basically said that it's this is the new arms race, not arms race, space race is 5G. Um, I also noticed that Jaime's uh, Jaime, are you there? <laughs> yeah, he's frozen. Um, okay, well, Brandon, why don't I go ahead and keep you on the uh, keep you on here then? Five um, G, adding in the layer of five G. You're talking about devices, and I think we all agree that it's not 
it's not an ideal situation that Huawei, who make really great devices, don't uh, don't get to have those devices with Android anymore. Like this whole war between the U.S. and China is affecting millions of people who don't even live in these two countries, which is the biggest bummer. But adding in the whole 5G discussion, how does that change the whole perspective for you, if at all? Um, you know, I... I hear some headlines and I read some news that relate to national security and and wireless infrastructure and competitiveness with other countries. And um, as a consumer, I kind of don't want to care about that. I want to just like take out my 5G phone and be like, wow, this is fast. But I, I realize there are some sensitivities relating to national security. I don't think I'm uh, educated enough on the topic to, to really... Um, Speak on it. Authority. Well, coming from coming coming from the just sort of the headline. By the way, I have one thing that I need to rant on that I think I'll do in after the after the mid break. Uh, but basically, um, a lot of headlines are coming out basically saying that <laughs> I may still uh, frozen. <laughs> um, basically, mm-hmm. they're they're saying that because Huawei has become so good at creating the infrastructure for mobile networks, that their five G is actually closer to being realized than any of the 5g in the u.s whether or not that is the case um you know coming from people like us that's that's kind of that's not yet to be seen i I actually personally think that qualcomm has been making huge strides we just saw some of that in chicago um with like people bringing out their samsung devices uh and whatnot to check out 5g in chicago and they're able to like download down an entire season of shows in like a few seconds it's nuts um so it's not to say that 5G in the US is like behind or anything like that. But of course, Huawei, I mean, they're able to focus their R&D and all of their resources on something a little bit easier. Um, and they're also the company that's so easy to vilify, which I think is the part that's so unfair here is that like, if you want to talk about the the overarching issues of, let's say, uh, China and some of the stuff that they do as a government, as a country and whatnot. I mean, sure. I mean, anyone could probably say uh, a number of things about China as a whole. But to vilify a company that has done nothing but just create really good products that have helped consumers, that have uh, allowed consumers to have connectivity and to have a good time on Android or anything like that, and basically cripple them uh, when there's been no, no evidence of actual spying via the devices. Now, via the infrastructure, I, I get that people are skeevish about that. But via the devices, there really hasn't been any substantiated proof stating that the devices are actually spying on consumers. And there are millions of people who are enjoying those those devices right now who might get affected by all of this. Um, even in London, Brandon, we had a bunch of people, we saw a bunch of people running around with Huawei phones of all different types of price points. It wasn't even just flagships. People were still using like the May 10. And uh, they were really uh, they were really happy with them, it seems. And, and no one really had any answers um, to, to what's going on. Uh, Brandon, did the lights go out in your in your office? <laughs> you got to yeah, flail your um, arms around a little bit? <laughs> it, it, it might not work, but uh, I'll just, uh, it's fine. I'll save the electricity. Um, I'm doing it for the, what is it? The generation, uh, generation Z. Yeah. I'm doing it for you guys. <laughs> I'm, sa- I'm saving the planet here on this podcast by not turning the yeah, light Yeah, exactly. I have figured out why people use an iPad or other tablet as a photo taking device. I think I figured it out. Mm. And and I figured it out at the OnePlus 7 uh, Pro launch. Jaime and I were sitting in... Are, are, are you going to make fun of Dan Seifert? Yes, I, I am what? going to make fun of... The... No, no, listen. <laughs> now listen, listen, listen. So, Dan Seifert, 
you know, fantastic tech writer, I respect him tremendously, was sitting two rows in front of us. And at first I see a beardy, a beardy guy, um, handsome beardy guy, looks very smart, taking pictures or video with his iPad Pro. And I'm like, no, not here, not here. <laughs> I mean... I mean, the week the weekend before, I had seen someone at the zoo. I saw grandma at the zoo, and I'm like, okay, that makes sense. She she wants a big viewfinder or something. But I'm like, this guy at the OnePlus 7 Pro launch obviously has a better capturing device on him, whether a DSLR or a, a new iPhone or a Pixel or something. Why the bleep is this guy? Oh, it's Dan Seifert. Why is Dan using an iPad to take pictures? And I just, you know, I've been thinking about it. I think I know why. Mm. Why? Because the camera on the iPad Pro is fantastic. And it's possible that, um, you know, I'm sure Dan has access to every phone that he could ever possibly want. But it's possible that just on that day, he didn't have his Pixel 3 on him or his iPhone XS. And thus, the device on him that could take the best possible picture and video was the iPad Pro. I know that might seem very basic, but... It it made me feel a little bit better. Do you guys have en- well any idea why he was he was doing news coverage on Twitter, and so the iPad camera is good enough. I mean that that's the thing. I can't say the same thing about every other iPad camera, but the iPad Pro, the current model, that camera is good enough. I think that's the reason why. Um, I like I find myself like if I go to events, I end up using an iPhone for absolutely all our pictures. Right. Um, and it's because the two X is close enough. Um, it's a three X is too much. And then when you go to low light, for some reason, I notice that the iPhone defaults to optically more often than every other Android phone that I've used. And then because I'm using a Mac to do the coverage, it's easier for me to just airdrop everything to the Mac. Whereas if he's using an iPad and the iPad is the only device he's using, he doesn't really need to airdrop anything. It's just there. It's right there. So you're saying it like it's the ultimate connected camera. Like it's got, you know, it's it's a big canvas, it's fast, and it's connected to all of your social media. Whereas to take out his DSLR, right. he would have to transfer it, process it, post it, you know, upload it, things like that. I was going to say, he's a right, Fuji exactly. guy. I was wondering why he wasn't using his Fuji. <laughs> well, but that's the thing. It's uh, Dude, have you noticed, like, there are a lot of great things about Fuji from a cinematography standpoint. Not a lot of great things about it from an auto perspective. Like, if you want to transfer files from the camera to your computer, it's kind of a nightmare. Yeah. It's like Panasonic as well. Panasonic is not bad, but it's not good. Sony's actually a little better at it. Um, and so, I, dude, iPhones are good enough lately. A lot of our event coverage are simply iPhone photos. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay, so Brandon, you are all right. So you are on your way out. Uh, I do want to make sure that we get this question out to you in our recurring segment from every show. Uh, before you get out of here, Brandon, uh, I want to know what is in your pocket now. <laughs> um, I'm still on the uh, the OnePlus Seven Pro. I'm still not tired of it. I still really like it. And uh, gosh, every time I use a different phone, I I I know what phone is on deck, what I'm going to use next. And you know, I don't. I think I'm going to stick with the OnePlus 7 Pro until I can get my hands on the OnePlus 7. Okay, fair enough. And then at, and then who knows after that? Well, here's the hoping that OnePlus actually <laughs> sells the 7. Because isn't that supposed to be like for the other markets? Like they, their launch was in India. Yeah, it's not going to launch here. Yeah. It's not yeah, going to launch here. It's in the other markets. It's coming in June. You can import it. 
thanks to the power of the internet from anywhere, <laughs> which I will which I will do as soon as you can buy it from one of many places online. And I can't wait, but it's not June yet, so I got to keep waiting. All right, cool. Well, uh, a quick farewell to Brandon. Thank you so much for being on this week. Uh, and we will continue on after uh, Brandon makes his exit. See you guys. Thanks. Quick shout out to the sponsor of this episode, Netgear. To get the kind of blinding speed you know you want in your home, Netgear now has the Nighthawk Wi-Fi 6 router. It is capable of four times the capacity compared to today's current Wi-Fi standards, which means more devices working simultaneously without impacts to speed and reliability. As smartphones and laptops and TVs are getting more and more advanced, the data that powers them will need to be as high performance as possible. Make sure your internet is future-proof for services like Netflix, Hulu, and even gaming. You can turn your Wi-Fi up to 6 with a Nighthawk Wi-Fi 6 router at netgear.com slash Wi-Fi 6. That's netgear.com slash Wi-Fi and the number 6. It's the biggest revolution of Wi-Fi ever. After that tiny little rant from uh, Jaime about a Wi-Fi router, uh, also don't forget our mid-roll today, we actually had a bit of a router thing, so maybe we're going to send that over, because Brandon's been using it, so we're going to send it over to Jaime, because it, hopefully it'll help the podcast. Are, are you kidding? Send me that router now. <laughs> I will, I need it. We will definitely tell Brandon about that for sure, but uh, Jaime is back. It seems the connection is a bit more stable. So let's go ahead and ask you, um, Brandon gave a few of his thoughts. I did talk a little bit about the 5G layer of the Huawei and uh, the U.S.-China problems right now I, w- I do want to add that in a little bit because i feel like a lot of people are focusing on the device angle and that's totally fine i get it uh devices are very important to all of the consumers and if huawei can't put android on them things are going to change but 5g seems to be also the other crux of this argument so i don't know where you kind of land on that whole thing oh man i actually have more of an opinion on the i have more of an opinion on the topic of uh, devices but sure In the case of 5G, here's the thing. The problem is what happens when you have a company that owns most, well, not most, but a lot, if not a good half of the 5G patents that are currently needed for the system to work. And so um, this is not me being pro-Huawei or anything. This is me being pro-commerce. This is a very difficult situation where we have a country like the United States that comes up with the whole idea of free commerce and any company could come do make money here. And now out of the blue, they come up with these rules where they've been enabling the Chinese market since the 1980s. And now they've realized that the China, that there is a certain Chinese company that has superior technology in certain cases. Mm. So and here's the thing. And, and I, again, this is not me trying to defend because I don't have the technical expertise to be the right judge for it. All I know is that Right now, certain Huawei modems for 5G are faster than competitors. Uh, We have cases where, you know, a lot of their technology is significantly less expensive. And so I do understand the concern as to why. But if if the argument is that this company copied other companies in order to be able to get where they are, then why are they superior? Hmm. Okay. That's the yeah. question. That's the question. I, I, You know, how is it that they have so many patents? How is it that they own the patents for so many things? If they copied other companies in order to be able to... And I'm again, I can't defend them. I'm not an expert in this. I'm, I'm just trying to understand all the information that's being thrown. And most of the information is Huawei copied. Okay, cool. Then why is it that their modem is twice as fast? 
why is it that they own all these patents? That's the part that nobody's been able to explain. Yeah. And so, again, this is not a defense standpoint. It's just what we're hindering right now is progress. Why? Yeah. Why is it that U.S. companies can't? Why is it that U.S. companies can't come up with something better? If 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 you know the whole concern is espionage, fine, I totally understand that. Why don't we start blocking Amazon and Google and all these other companies from being able to use the things that I say with this a speaker that I have in front of me? You know, I've been being I've been being served ads for everything like j- travel pants. The other day, I said <laughs> that I wanted travel pants. I, I I get off the I get off the plane and Kogan's with me, and I'm like, look at this. This pisses me off. The fact that I I'm being targeted for ads of over the things that I say. So you're telling me that that's okay, and that other things are not. Why do we allow this too? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, because it's a U.S. company doing it to our own citizens. That was it's a joke in a way, but it's also true because I do think that um, there's there's so little little to no evidence that Huawei, as a company on the consumer level, has actually been spying on its on its consumers, no matter where they are in the world, including are, the U.S. Are are they are they potential to it? Yes, yeah. that is one thing where the United States is right. The fact that there is a law in China that obligates these companies to provide information to the government, that is true. Mm-hmm. That is totally true. And so I do, it's again, I'm not trying to side in favor of anyone. I'm, I'm going to play both ends. The United States is right in being concerned about that. I, I just, you know, wow, we put a company in the blacklist. Here's the question. Have you thought about the repercussions over... Yes, Huawei is going to lose a lot right now. True, fine. That's that's cool. How much is Google going to lose right now is the question. Yeah. Think about it. Yeah, they have been in partnership with Huawei in the past, even think on about the hardware it. level. Yeah, and think about it. How much is Google going to lose? We're talking about the second largest smartphone maker in the world, where all they make is Android phones. So what happens with a, when a company like Huawei decides to stop using Android? And what happens when a company like Huawei, if a company like Huawei has decided to come up with 5G technology, and they came up with superior technology in certain cases, and they own so many patents, what limits them to make a better operating system? That's true. Yeah, isn't that isn't that a, the recent uh, piece of news that Huawei is actually saying we will have an OS? Not only will it not yeah. not only will it uh, uh, support Android uh, apps, but you know we're gonna have our own operating system that could come out as early as the end of, at the end of this year or early twenty twenty. Um, okay. So yeah, that's I don't know that kind of. But the thing is, even if Huawei makes their own OS just to to replace uh, "quote unquote" Android, but still support Android apps, doesn't aren't a lot of the core functions still going to be crippled by the lack of a license, like Google Play Games, Google uh, Gmail? Yes, that's that that's one thing. That's one thing. But then fifty percent of their market is in China, where none of that is even relevant. Yeah, that's that's true. But that's but that's fifty percent. There's still fifty percent. Like fifty percent of the rest of the world is still a huge amount of people, though. Yeah, well, but here's the thing. The thing does get complicated as to what happened yesterday, which will be the day after yesterday whenever people listen to this. Um, And it would be ARM. The problem is once you involve ARM. So my argument over the last couple of days has been what limits Huawei to be able to come up with something superior. That's all, you know, it's a possibility. Without ARM, they cannot. They can't. Mm. Um. 
Arm is the creator of the architecture. And even though Arm is a UK company, their technology is US patented and based. And so Arm now has declared that they're not going to be working with Huawei anymore. So this doesn't just mean that the this pretty much dooms the Kirin 980. And so without the without the 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 instructions set for the chips, they can't make phones, period. Like period. This like this totally flips everything on Huawei. Wow. I didn't catch that. Yeah. Yeah, this totally flips everything on Huawei. If they can't make ARM chips and they can't work with Qualcomm, they can't use Qualcomm chips. They can't use so what what's next? The ARM the so the ARM code is also being used for Exynos processors. Every single mobile chip runs on ARM. And so what are they going to do? They're going to move to six processors, which is Intel. No, because Intel is a U.S. company and they are they are also forced to put them in the blacklist. And so now this is a problem. What happens when you can no longer create chips or buy them? What happens now? That is the things like as of yesterday, things have gotten like really weird, very difficult for Huawei now. Yeah, because now it's on the hardware side that things are being um yeah, well, if they can't buy the hardware and they can't create it, then they're then they are. I don't even know if I can say the word. On, on, <laughs> they're bone <laughs> on the podcast. Yeah. Um. Now, now things get difficult. Now things get really difficult because they're going to have to pretty much create their own chip architecture. Yeah. I, I'm not. I'm, I'm not saying they can't. Mm-hmm. Uh, the question is how. Android will not be able to run on this. There is another uh, chip architecture which Android runs on. I think it's MIPS. Uh, but it's nowhere even close to the current status of ARM. Yeah. So it would be like taking so many steps back. And so, wow, like this is... I, I had no idea. Like falling in the blacklist really, really, like really destroys companies. I, I hope that that's not the case because Huawei... Is probably the company that invests the most amount of our money on R and D that I've ever heard of. I think it was like seventeen billion last year. Wow! Where your average company is spending three to four billion in R and D, seventeen billion—that's an insane amount of money. But because they're a private company, they could do whatever they want with their money. Mm. Um, while we were at the honor thing, did uh, did you get approached by any traditional media to comment on all of this? Uh, no, but I know you were. Yeah. Uh, how, how did that go? Okay, I just want to call out, like, you know, uh, we are obviously, quote-unquote, the new media. We are the, quote-unquote, uh, 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 YouTube slash tech blogging press and whatnot. So I can't believe that I have to say this right now. Um, I need to fact-check the people who actually interviewed me because I said that I love how Honor always tries to put like high-end specifications for affordable price points. But because these guys are actually, I'm not going to say who, uh, it's not hard to find though. Um, the uh, But because these guys are obviously trying to focus on the whole Huawei political angle, blah, 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 they changed that quote in writing to Honor makes affordable handsets with high-end specifications. I said Honor, not Huawei. I said Honor. And on top of that, as far as fact-checking is concerned, I am not a UK blogger. <laughs> <laughs> they called me a UK blogger. So I was like, how do you expect anybody to be educated about anything that's going on right now when you can't even write down the stuff properly in your copy? 
So I was just oh, you, you, it, you're, you're, it's like if you were talking about Fox News. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I you know, it happens. Every country has got their their trash media, man. Every country has them. And I'm sorry if Fox News gets gets offended over me calling them that. But whenever you manipulate facts mm-hmm. in order to give it a political angle, I'm sorry, that's trash. Yeah. That is trash media. You should be ashamed of yourselves. Yeah, these articles that I saw from 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 various people who were at the event were slanting their articles always to say Huawei, 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 Huawei. And any mention of honor. Honor is part of the Huawei group, but they are their own company. They create a good amount of good products. The Honor 20 Pro is an example of that product. So it's just a little, it, it's it's very annoying when Honor gets, you know, they went to an event that is Honor, but the word Honor is uttered far less in those articles than the word Huawei is. Um, like it's an afterthought to that. It's like, oh, by the way, we're at the Honor thing, but but Huawei is blah, 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 blah. And it's crazy. Like I, I, I'm happy to talk to anybody about any of these things, whether it's on uh, TV or anything like that. Uh, one of our friends, Michael Josh, was actually on the BBC talking about this whole thing too, which was cool for him. Um, but yeah, but yeah, I mean, you have to like, I don't know. You have to show you have to show justice not only to the story itself, but also to the people who you bring on. Like it, it, it annoyed me. And, and, and you know, you know, here's the thing. I mean, I don't think I have the preparation of most of these journalists, so I I I have a lot of respect for those that remain objective. It's a very difficult topic. What's going on is concerning for me because I am concerned over being tracked and being followed. The problem is we've been living in a world where we've been tracked and followed. We didn't create this. I want you to think about this. Who created the possibility for you to be tracked in maps? Google. Who created the possibility for ads to target you through voice? Amazon. Who created... So there are there are a lot of services out there that, what, they're white-hatted services and therefore we should allow them to track us? There is nothing right about having a company take advantage of my speech and using that to try to sell me something. There's nothing correct about that. Mm. And so I think that this is a broader topic that obviously... Uh, so what should we be less concerned because a a U.S. because the United States is doing it and not a communist country? Uh, I don't know, man. I mean, <laughs> sure, it could be used for espionage, but my God, man, I, I I mean, like, I don't know what I'm more concerned about. There is no type of espionage, where whether it be having a company try to sell me something or another company trying to use it for other means. None of it is correct. So if we're gonna attack the problem, let's please attack it. You know, fully, I, I feel that Apple is probably the company that quote unquote is doing the best job at avoiding this. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm going to have to use Apple as an example. They encrypt everything. They were approached by different government entities to try to unlock a phone. And it was clear that they couldn't unlock it. Uh, you know, so who the question is, who is trying to protect the consumer? What is trying? So if if. If the United States is trying to protect the consumer through this action, that's great. I have to agree with it. That is awesome. But it does leave it. It does leave two challenges. Can we please do it for every company? One and number two. Can companies please just act up and try to work on making better phones? Because the only reason why Huawei has become so popular is because they've started making better phones. Mm-hmm. So if U.S. companies are concerned over competition good 
I challenge you guys, come on. Try to learn what this camera can do and put it on this. Yeah. Or be less compromising about other products and actually make a thin but a powerful laptop. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, look at this thing. Yeah. This, this why, is my why bread and butter why, right here. Why can that have a GPU inside and work? And I can't have that in a 13-inch MacBook Pro that cost a thousand dollars more than that thing. Yeah, absolutely. And so, and so we we have a bit, we have a couple of challenges. And again, I I I can't sit down and defend anybody because I don't know the facts. The, and there's no such thing as alternative fa- facts, Fox News. There are only facts, and that's it. Mm-hmm. Facts or lies. That's that's it's black or white. Facts or lies. And so. I, d- I don't have all the facts. I don't know the information over national security. I'm not going to talk about that. What I am going to talk about is the reason why Huawei has become so popular over the last three to four years. And it's because they've been pushing out superior products. Why is it that they can? They have all the money, right? They put all the R&D in. They put all the money in their R&D and they've come up with superior products. So why can't we stop worrying about putting a new, putting more money in the pockets of CEOs through the stock market and start using that money into actually mm. creating companies that make U.S. products superior, which is something. Let me ask you this. Give me one U.S. smartphone company that's not Apple. That's actually popular. Give me one. Zero. That's zero. It's absolutely zero. Because <laughs> I, can't, I can't even say it's Google because their products are an afterthought. Yeah. And we had this discussion over dinner one time where I was saying, like, wouldn't this be one? I don't think they have the gall to do this. But it, what if this was an opportunity for Google to actually push Pixel and to push all of their devices? You know, um, But I don't think they would have the gall to do it, honestly. It would be great. I mean, I'm not saying that with their... Listen, I mean, here's the thing. Not absolutely everything that's happening here is necessarily bad. Think about the fact that Google services don't work in China. And so U.S. software has been banned into China for 10 years, 15 years. So to a certain degree, what's happening with the United States banning Chinese products here is kind of fair if you think about it. Why is it that the Chinese can ban U.S. software, but the U.S. can't ban Chinese products? Why not? Mm. Yeah, that's a, that, that's a fair point. So I'm, so I'm trying to be fair here. I, you know, I, I think that U.S. companies need to work on their hardware. I think that China needs to work on not banning U.S. companies. I mean, hey, because what's the thing? I think it's the smartest strategy that China could have ever done. This is what has made Chinese companies such monsters because their market is so big. The more the more they control it, the more they only allow Chinese companies like WeChat and so many others be the only ones that operate in China is the way like they have enough of a market. They have more. They have a larger population than most countries in the world combined. Mm -hmm. Yeah, very true. So I guess kind of the final question that I want to pose here is um, 
And this is the question that these uh, traditional these traditional media journalists are asking me. Like, so what advice do you have to anybody who might be buying a Huawei Group device right now? To a Huawei, to an Honor 20, to an Honor 20 Pro. Is there anything that we can give? Because I told them the exact same thing that you were saying earlier. Like, we don't have all of the facts. When they asked me, they told me, we're going to talk about the device. And then when they brought me aside, the first thing they said was, how do you feel about all this Huawei Google stuff? And I was like, guys, I don't have... I have no more information than you do right now. What are you expecting from me right now? You're expecting a soundbite? That's your soundbite. I don't know anything. Uh, So I can only give you what I hope to happen, which is I hope the consumer gets transparency. I hope that if Google and Huawei actually come to an agreement that allows Android to be on Huawei devices, I want there to be some sort of in-paper agreement on paper that says Huawei phones will have support for the next X years. That will help the consumer actually know whether or not to get their devices. But as far as right now is concerned, I don't know. Do you have any thoughts to give our our listeners and consumers who might be interested um, in Huawei? Let, let me ask you. I haven't done my P30 Pro review, and I was <laughs> gearing up to have it this I week. Know. No, I don't know if I, sh- I don't uh, know if I should do it or not. I know. I mean, what, should I do it? Should I not do it? I don't know the answer. And so, okay, if it were my money, if I were a consumer and this was happening, I would not buy a Huawei product right now. I would not because we don't know what the future holds. The the thing about this is just like in the case of ZTE, because Huawei is not the first company. ZTE was first. Um, My opinion back then, we started giving a lot of coverage on that. And then I asked Jules not to continue contributing into into the topic because, see, here's the thing. Every single legal entity has rights. Every single legal entity has rights. Every single person in this in every country has rights, technically, or at least in paper. And so, sure, they can be blacklisted, but they can also sue. And they can also defend themselves. And so the question is, they're definitely going to sue. The qu- it's only a matter of time as to when, and it's only a matter of time as to seeing what the results will be. Because to a certain degree... The United States is is putting themselves in a very difficult position. They're blocking commerce, which is literally what enables this country. Um, and so there should be, to a certain degree, the, the, you know, Huawei deserves a fair trial. They deserve... My, 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 you know what the funny part is? The funny part is that nobody has been able to prove any of the claims yet. And so... Yeah. You know, Huawei can be like, okay, prove it. Are, are you kidding? Are you saying that this country does not have the technology to be able to prove is we, if we do spy or not? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. or it could just be that yeah. the United that it could, it could just be that the United States is going to be like, you know what? Okay, fine. Why don't you talk to your government and have your government remove those policies where they're allowed to use your technology as a way to spy on us? You know, it could be so many things. It's not in China's convenience to lose U.S. Uh, manufacturing. It's not. Like, uh, if Apple moves all... If Foxconn, which is a Taiwanese company, they're not Chinese, tech, mainland China. Uh, if Foxconn moves all their factories out of China, dude, that is going to be the collapse of Shenzhen. Yeah, that's true. Because they, they manufacture all of those products, right? Yeah, so think about this. This is a huge deal. Yeah. And if Apple and if companies like Apple are going to be taxed and they're going to have to throw that tax into consumers, what limits them to move manufacturing to India mm-hmm. where you can also find inexpensive labor? Latin America, you can also find inexpensive labor. And so 
I mean, Foxconn can move factories to wherever they want. The iPhone 6S is already being produced in India. It started being fully mass-produced as of last month. Last week, sorry. And so, again, this is a very difficult topic. And you know what the problem is? That there is no such win-win scenario in this problem. Mm. In whichever... It, let's assume that Huawei does come up with an operating system and they do come up with a chip. Dude, they have such a large market that they have the scale to be able to survive on their own. How many Chinese companies remain in China? They never leave China. Yeah. And we've never heard of those companies here, but they're <laughs> massive. Oppo is one of them. Oppo only lives in APAC. Yeah. Asia Pacific, that's all they do. And they're currently like, what, they're the fourth largest company in the world and they only sell in APAC? For the most part, yeah. They're starting to sell. Like, There's a reason why this launch was in Europe because they're starting to trickle in, but clearly not in the U.S. That's 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 the thing. Dude, think about Xiaomi. Xiaomi is a monster yeah. and most of what they sell is only China. So these Chinese companies, they don't need, they don't need to work outside of China. They don't. They can survive just with China. And so I feel that Obviously, this affects the United States when it comes to manufacturing. It affects the United States when it comes to the fact that now that Huawei owns all those IPs for 5G, how exactly does the United States plan to deploy 5G without the Huawei patents? Mm, yeah. I mean, is that so? Okay. I don't want to get into deeply into this topic because we already hit our one hour mark. But yeah, I mean, we're going to have to rely on. I mean, we have faith in Qualcomm that their 5G is actually going to be good. But yes, but some of these patents belong to Huawei. That's what I was about to say. <laughs> which is so, which adds so many wrinkles to this whole thing uh, because it's not just US versus China in a lot of ways. There's a lot of conjoining details that uh, the two cannot live without one another in a way. And it's crazy that. That, you know, we're drawing lines in the sand and it's affecting more people than it should. Yeah, it is affecting more people than it should. It's a difficult topic. And, and you know what? I have to say it. I don't know all the facts. You don't know all the mm -hmm. facts right now. Uh, this is a very complicated topic. It's only going to continue unwinding into more and more con uh, consequences out of everything that's happening. And if the United States believes that there is that they're going to protect themselves... No, it's it's a lose-lose scenario. Everything that's happening right now is a lose-lose. Yeah, it certainly feels that way. Um, okay, cool. Well, we hit our one-hour mark, uh, even with a few technical difficulties, which is perfectly fine. I'm just uh, that's the reason why we record these now, so we can actually edit them together in a way. And I will make sure to provide a little bit of B-roll of these products that we were talking about on camera. Uh, but yeah, uh, with that said, I'm going to go ahead and get into our outro. Jaime and Brandon, I will make sure to talk about their uh, social media handles in those. But for now, we're just going to go ahead and roll it out to the outro. And on that note, that is it for the weekly. Thank you so much for tuning in and also for bearing with us on some of the technical issues that you might have experienced during this episode. Uh, in any case, our theme music is Bloom by Minerva, courtesy of a royalty-free license with Argo Fox. You can learn more in this episode's description. You can follow the crew on Twitter. Uh, Jaime Rivetta is found at Jaime underscore Rivetta. Don't forget that underscore. And Brandon Miniman is found at Brandon Mini Man. I am found at JV Tech Tea. You know me, I'm JV. I love tech and I love to drink me some tea. 
PocketNow is at PocketNow on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube in English and Espanol, where you can find more news on the PocketNow Daily and PocketNow Adario every single weekday. Uh, catch up on what the weekly is talking about at PocketNow.com slash podcast. Also, make sure you make your voices heard by emailing us, podcast at PocketNow.com. We would love your feedback through reviews and ratings on Google, Apple, Spotify, Overcast, or wherever you happen to be streaming us, because without you, we wouldn't have been able to make this show for your eyes and ears for seven years straight. All right, we will see you next week, uh, and you might be able to look forward to a few changes to the podcast format. Once again, we moved away from Hangouts. We got into a more high-production quality style podcast with actual video coming from each and every one of our feeds. Uh, we're still figuring out sort of the logistics of the format itself, uh, but as far as uh, conceptually and creatively, you might be seeing a couple of changes to the Pocket Now Weekly that we're really excited to bring to you. So over the next uh, number of weeks, look forward to all of that, and we will see you in our next episode.